bring bring Fisk back. He was one of my favorite characters too. That dude was legit shaped like a box. Yeah, the his design really bothered me the first time I saw it. <laughs> I'm like, why is it this, still bothering? Why you? does this man look like a refrigerator? Like, what is going on? <laughs> he does. How can he punch <laughs> as strong as Spider Man? This man got Microsoft written on his back. You hear him in the middle of the night. Oh, that's just the ice maker. (laughs) Hello and welcome to your favorite podcast, The Super Slow Bros. My, (laughs) I can't do it. Welcome to Super Agile Bros, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Steve. With me here is my co-host, Kyle. Say hi, Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Perfect. Exactly what I wanted. And uh, here we have Brad. Just kidding. Brad's not here today. Oh, no. He must be trapped. He must be trapped. So, actually, there is a plan that I had put in motion weeks ago and totally forgotten about. But uh, due to several crazy oversights, he's unable to join us today. Don't ask why. Don't ask where. Just know that it's 100% your fault. My fault or like the viewer's fault? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's reasonable. (laughs) Uh, Maybe like in an alternate history, he would have made it. But uh, my plans are foolproof as always. So Mm. I get to host today and he can't say mean things about me behind my back or in front of my back even. Infallible. Unfoilable. (laughs) <laughs> wait a sec is unfoilable just like a really strong like a way to say unfallible with a strong accent <laughs> uh mayhaps you'll never get me superman i'm unfoilable <laughs> it's, immediately it gets laser beamed in the face it's like uh mcchill's a spick whatever the, the fifth dimensional creature from superman I don't know how to say his name. name. You have to say, well, yeah, it's like a weird, unpronounceable name that he has. And the only way to get rid of him in the original comic, I think, was to like trick him into spelling his name backwards or something dumb like that. Wow. He was basically like an all powerful being from the the fifth dimension who comes. still skin logic. Yes, exactly. But he has this awful name, so it makes it even worse. I just remember as a kid watching the cartoon, and I think I think he was chasing Super Superman did something where he was chasing him, and he managed to trick him by spelling his name in the sky backwards, and that, that was enough to to uh send him away. Really? Yeah. He was writing in the sky. Sky so writing. Maybe he was on okay. fire and made like a like a cloud or, or you know, a trail or something. I don't know. Good old Superman. Yeah. Good old, like, old Superman animated series. When he could do whatever was necessary for the plot. Seriously. Just write him away. I, uh... Gosh, I already feel lonely without Brad. I feel like, you know, where's the ad to my burr? What? (laughs) Yeah, like, I I needed somebody to get that. He would have gotten that, but you're just not there. Speaking of the fifth dimension, today I wanted to talk about something that you're probably very familiar with, 
which is uh, multiverses. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, multiverses in fiction specifically. I figured we would start with talking about the newest, greatest movie that came out. Multiverses the game. Multiverses the movie, right? With with angry Shaggy, they won't <laughs> they <laughs> they won't call him. What's what's the what's the phrase for Shaggy now? Ultra Instinct. Shaggy? Ultra Instinct. Yeah. Do they actually call him that in multiverses, or is it just what we call? I him? honestly couldn't tell you. I think that I think that game is still in like enclosed beta or something, so I can't play it. Right. I mean, it hasn't. I don't think it's come out yet. But yeah, so I, I don't mean, there's commercials. That's yeah. true. For anyone who's not aware of these two separate facts, the first fact is that Shaggy from the Scooby Doo cartoons has become the focus of a meme where people uh, people talk about how powerful and just undef- unfallible he is. Unfoilable. Unfoilable. Um, and they call him Ultra Instinct Shaggy. And there's, there's a quote where he's like, I'm only using 1% of my power. <laughs> um, yeah, he says that in the game. Right. Yeah, they're definitely... They're, so, all right, all right. The second fact is that WB has released a Smash Bros. clone called Multiverses. Mm-hmm. And in it, well, Shaggy is one of the characters. And apparently, like, a major part of his gimmick as a fighter is that he can basically go Super Saiyan. Um, and he's, like, angry or something. And I hate it. Because to me, I'm like, <laughs> that's not that's not related to his character at all. He's, like, the chillest, scariest, most scaredest dude I think even worse is that it's cemented this game in a particular point in time. Right. It doesn't make any sense to do that. The memes are like long. I mean, they're kind of dead. They came back a little bit, I guess, when the game dropped, but they completely missed the boat. It it takes too long to develop a game to try to capitalize on. If you're making a full game. Yeah. That's got to be a skin or something in an existing game to try to. Cause you're gonna be too late. Like it's it's months, if not a if not a year or so, too late. I I don't know. I I feel like that was such a bad idea, and everyone I talk to <laughs> loves it. They're like, yeah, it's so funny. You know, look at this D and D campaign where Shaggy is an ultra dimensional being. I'm like, who cares? It's excuse me. It says yeah, somebody made a D and D monster, the Shaggith or something, and he exists in all dimensions so every shaggy you meet is just the representation of him in your dimension um okay. and they like they like made a move set for him in it i mean it's cool i love gimmicky See, for dungeons and dragons it makes sense like all the gimmicks you want <laughs> you're trying to be creative and funny and fun you know having a good time that makes sense but for a fighting game where you have batman and superman yeah i mean if when you put Superman in the game, I guess you have to just throw logic out the window already. They should not have put Superman in the game. They should have put Green Lantern. I say this all the time. Green Lantern's a cooler, like, fighting character. I feel like he'd be a, a better fighter in whatever game he's in than Superman will be. Cooler animations, too. Yeah, just a neat concept. Yeah, I like Green Lantern. But uh, then you would you would just pick Jake the dog as his counter pick all the time. <laughs> Wait, oh, because he's yellow. <laughs> yeah. How? Mm, I mean, I just always hear lose the match. I always hear that his weakness is yellow, but is it literally just the color yellow, or is it fear? Because I thought fear was the. 
I don't know. I didn't read the com- I didn't read the most of the Green Lantern comics. So. I'm not the one to ask. I, th- I think it's somewhere in between those things, okay, or a mixture of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of multiverses and massive comic books, this movie came out recently mm-hmm. called Everything Everywhere. All no, it's called Doctor Strange. <laughs> you would do that. Yeah, <laughs> Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, or Multiverse something. of Madness. That's the title, right? And the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, that sounds right. It's kind of wordy. A little bit. They yeah. put it all on there, though. You, you look at the posters; every one yeah. of those words is up there. They They're like, we gonna spell it out. This man has a PhD. We're not putting that to waste. Right. We're writing sentences up in here. Yeah. So, yeah. So when this movie came out, do you remember how you felt when you saw the first trailer? Um. Hmm. So, I think I actually saw, I'm trying to remember now the timeline. So, whatever first images I saw of it, whether it was at the end of Spider-Man or the first trailer for the movie, I was kind of excited because I I like Doctor Strange as a character. I like uh, Benedict Cumberbun Mm -hmm. as an actor. Of course. Um, He's great. And then, uh, you know, how they keep using all the characters from Sherlock Holmes in Marvel movies. I think that's a good idea. So I was I was about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, of course, I had no idea what was going on because it was after like WandaVision and stuff where she was doing with the multi dealing with the multiverse. Loki show came and went dealing with the multiverse. So mm-hmm. it was just and, you know, they were kind of hyping it up, I guess. So I was looking forward to it. What about you? Yeah, I now that you mentioned it, I actually remember that they had. um there were leaks. So on Facebook, people would say, oh, these are the movies coming out in 2022. And, or no, 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 they wouldn't say, well, they would say, oh, yeah, these are the movies coming out in the next phase of Marvel, you know, and the MCU. Yeah. And Multiverse of Madness was on there. And I think people thought it was a joke at first because a mm. lot of that was right around the time when everyone was talking about how the next Spider-Man movie would have all the Spider-Men in it. And everyone thought oh, it was not really going to... Well, I didn't think it yeah. was real. And, you know, all the actors were like, no, no, we're not in a Spider-Man. What are you talking about? <laughs> would I lie to your face on live <laughs> <Would> television? I, <laughs> for a couple thousand dollars, easy. <laughs> right. I'm not um, scared of Disney. What are you going to do? Not watch my movie? When I mean, <clears throat> not watch... My potential movie were it to come out. <laughs> right. Anyway. Hypothetically. Uh, but at that time, they, they they broached this title, Multiverse of Madness. And I'm like, that's great. There hasn't been a sequel to Doctor Strange yet. That was one of my favorite Marvel movies at the time. It was very uh, different. Yeah. it's. I mean, all of the character studies are different, right? Mm-hmm. That's so, true. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the visuals. I enjoyed the mystical aspects of it. I enjoyed Bennerbeck Bunderbudge. So yeah, I was excited for a sequel. The first trailer came out, and I was like, "Yes, this is (laughs) this looks like the perfect sequel." Like everything that made Doctor Strange different from the rest of the Marvel verse is like dialed up to a hundred. It's one of those movies where I appreciate all the CGI and special effects just because of the subject matter. Like, them going well well over the edge is yeah. 
anticipated in movies like these. Yeah, I mean, I just the, all the visual effects about the mirror dimension were mm-hmm. super cool. It's just fun. It's a fun watch. Um, and of course, anything to do with time, time loops, and everything is satisfying mm-hmm. to me as a sci-fi geek. So yeah, I was excited. Um, the trailers were great, and I don't know about you, but I feel like the movies, the movie, pretty much lived up to the trailer. In fact, I would say I was. Uh, my my expectations were exceeded. Ooh, yeah. How so? Why? Um, <laughs> because uh, the trailer did not really. There were certain aspects of the movie that I liked that didn't come through in the trailer, and mm-hmm. I kind of exp- so basically, if you know Sam Raimi, if you've seen The Evil Dead, mm-hmm. or uh, you know those related movies, if you've seen his horror movies, you know he has a very specific sensibility and it's just such a fun way to do horror movies and uh, that came in so much didn't you didn't i tell you to watch it um well i don't know I, we were talking about it and we were talking about the horror aspects of it yeah because i'd had a lot of people tell me that especially just from i guess a superhero movie in general but especially a marvel movie that the, they he really dialed up the horror element yeah, I mean, I I guess, you know, yet moving with the way that the witch Scarlet Witch had to be and stuff, that really got them into I guess that side of things. And so people were kind of warning me, saying, you know, this isn't really for kids, which yeah. I'm, I'm not a child, so I don't need that warning. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so they well, they were pretty much saying, don't bring any kids with you because you know, it's Doctor Strange, it's Marvel, you know. And then, because yeah, they're cutting jokes, making quips and stuff in the trailer, and everything is all bright, even though they're fighting monsters and stuff. Everything is all right. bright and colorful. But yeah, there is a, a large part of the movie shrouded in darkness, creepy eyes. There's some contortion in there, like a lot mm-hmm. of stuff you wouldn't expect to see in a PG thirteen movie that you wouldn't expect to see in a Marvel movie. Yeah, but would be yeah, right at home in a horror movie. There was some cruelty too. Oh yeah, like, quite a bit. Like some of the some of the stuff that went down, I was like, "Oh no." Mhm. Um and I'm, you know, I'm I'm here for it, but I I would not bring my kids to watch that. Yeah, and it kind of ramped too because oh, I mean, yeah. all, all the all the movies are violent, I guess in a way, cuz it's superheroes, so they're fighting somebody. It's but it's usually like robots, which there were a couple robots in this movie, but there are people too. I mean, but they kind of ramp it up by showing that the first fight is with, you know, a monster thing. And, mm-hmm. like, they really set you up by showing Doctor Strange getting stabbed in the leg. And it's like, usually that happens off screen. But no, you saw it happen this time. Like, the alternate universe. And that was kind of like, bridging you into is like, oh, this is going to be, this is a meaty one. Like, there's going to be, like, stuff is going to happen on screen, so get ready type of thing. Because it wasn't that bad, but it's like worse I mean, I guess the closest thing we saw was like maybe Iron Man getting impaled. In- I mean, not only did he but- get impaled, but he started sucking the life out of a little girl. <laughs> yeah, like it's already high stakes. We're like five minutes in, right? Like, yeah, kill kill a child for the greater good, and this is the hero of the movie in the first five minutes. So, who well, do you someone like the hero? Yeah. 
Yeah, I. Uh, what are my favorite parts? I loved. So someone was complaining about this, but I loved the uh, part of the basically the horror stuff. So when you know mm-hmm. Wanda's like chasing them down a hallway and her eyes are glowing and she's hunched over and she's kind of like shuffling towards them. Ooh, yeah, like that was so unnecessarily cool and creepy. Very. Um, yeah, like, but one of my friends was was complaining. He's like, "Why didn't she float? She's the Scarlet Witch. She flies all the time." <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, he did it for the style. Please, oh, yeah. <laughs> please let the style be." That um, whole sequence of events was all for style points. Yeah, the whole like, scene when a- she when she um she breaks out of the mirror dimension and she starts like sucking people into water puddles and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was classic. That was so good. It was really good. Yeah, it it was one of those moments too where I was like, first off, the fact that she figured that out like in half a second, because she was like super bewildered whenever they captured her in that yeah. space, and then because I didn't know what was going to happen, like I felt like that was one of the parts where they they set it up really well, where it's like you think you have a grasp on what might happen, but since everything in here is like magic and fantastical, that you have no idea, and so yeah. for her to reach through like part of a barrier they just put her in. To be able to now, I guess, move through surfaces in the next room that are reflective. Like, even if it has, like, all of the... Because one of the, the things she came out of was a, a gong, which... Yeah. You, it doesn't have a reflection like a mirror, but it, it is reflecting light. And so it was, it was. it's a bit of a, you know, like, man, every reflective surface, huh? Yeah, that was cool. I, I didn't And didn't she, like, creepy crawl out of that gong, too? Like, the ring? Oh, yeah. She was fully twisted up yeah, that's oh that that's right she was contorted was. yeah Ooh, because Ooh. she snapped all her bones back into place whenever she got into the room and nobody said anything about it mm. except for me <laughs> that was also one of the only scenes that showed strange fighting with magic that wasn't just i'm gonna make some golden sparks and like a lasso or a shield or a knife or whatever because mm-hmm. he like made some dragons or something or she made right. some dragons i'm like okay so there is yeah. other types of magic this man knows <laughs> please and that boy he hissed he hissed while he sent out those dragons yeah he did i was like man he's killing this so thing. silly <laughs> it was but it, it helped i think because it was one of those moments like it was it's serious for them i guess because i mean mm-hmm. magic is kind of magic is kind of silly but it's like also very powerful in this universe multiverse of, of madness mm-hmm. but the fight scenes were really cool though otherwise um yeah yeah i was kind of hoping i can't remember the name what's the name of the big eye monster with all the tentacles the one that he attacked and killed in the very beginning the very beginning right after the wedding i don't remember man a friend of mine who knows its name and he called it out whenever it was in the trailers oh it's, it's, like a- it's in it's like a known monster. Yeah, it's in the it's in the Marvel versus Capcom games, but of course it showed up like in the comics and stuff. But I don't. And they relegated to just... an unnamed demon servant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess because that's... Wanda was the main big bad. Yeah, I mean that's fine. That I, they do that all the time with random characters. I think it was was so short though. I think that that was like um, trailer fodder. Like, they just wanted to have that scene in there so they could... Because his reason for being in the movie was throw away anyway. She was like, oh, it's mercy that I sent 
this demon after her versus me going myself. So it, it literally could have been anybody. Which doesn't make any sense, by the way. That's definitely a writing tool that they use to get around the fact that it doesn't make any sense for her to not come herself. Yeah, they wanted the movie to happen. <laughs> she could have said, I was lazy. Like, that would have been a better excuse. <laughs> right. I don't feel yeah, like comparison. I don't feel like possessing my other selves in every dimension you're in just to get to you. Let me send some henchmen. Exactly. Not going to do it. But, yeah. man, yeah, completely blanking. But anyway... I thought that that was a, a pretty. I mean, the fight. The fight was like, I, like I said, I think it still was trailer fodder. But I, that fight, I felt was really cool too. Like, and, and then it was another one that kind of brought you into this mode where there's gonna be like extra gore in this one because they yeah. killed it by ripping its eye out. Oh yeah, that was showed pretty nuts. every piece of that. And I was like, man, th- we are in for a different experience with Doctor Strange Chapter Two. Mm-hmm. So. I guess I should say now, before we go any further, mm-hmm. uh, there are major spoilers upcoming <laughs> in the discussion for Doctor Strange. I feel like Oops. we've talked about the beginning in like a few specific scenes. Yeah. I don't think we've said anything major yet, but uh, going forward, I'm going to ma- I'm gonna mention a few major things. So, be aware. Be aware. Be aware. Be aware. You're in for a scare. You're... Ears and spoilers, beware. I don't know. Um, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of the line from Goosebumps. What was it? Um, was it, viewer, beware, you're in for a scare. That sounds you right. might be in for a scare. It sounds right. Dun, 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 dun. I used to have nightmares from that, that intro. Oh, absolutely. The intro was worse than the rest of the show. That part with the dog? Yes. Sing- singing along? Haunting. <laughs> <laughs> it was so goofy. It was, but it was enough. Yeah, the floating G turned the dog evil, and I'm like, oh my god, this G is yeah. insane. This G. I trusted the dog. I trusted the dog. And the G. Alright. <laughs> but yeah, so one of the most exciting, interesting, I guess, hype moments of the movie that is given to us via the magic of multiverse multiverses multiverse writing i don't know is that we got to see the illuminati in one of these other universes and it had a bunch of characters that yeah haven't been allowed in mainline i say mainline i guess that's a good way to put it mainline marvel properties uh in a long time so the fantastic four Mm -hmm. um the x-men x-men the inhumans Mm-hmm. And then a few alternate, an alternate version of, of Captain uh, America, Captain and Carter, our, our and, captains, yeah, and the other alternate Captain Crunch, <laughs> Captain <laughs> Cringe, um, and of course our favorite Mordo. Is it Mordo or Mordo? I forget. Oh gosh, um, Mordo sounds. I want to say Mordo, right. yeah, but. It's probably Mordu because I'm confident about Mordo. Yeah. So that was really cool. We got to see these characters and especially uh, with uh, Professor Xavier as like the surprise. I was like basically every time every time they added a new one to the screen, I was like, oh, ooh. And Keisha's just like, <laughs> no. are you okay? Just What's happening? Giddy. I was giddy, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and when, oh man, when Professor Xavier came on screen and they played. Yeah, they even used the music. Gosh, Bro, I so, about fainted. 
So that was the most hype moment. And then they all died horribly. Very bad. Really awful. I mean, Black Bolt, I still think about the way Black Bolt died. It was rough, but I, I blame Jim. Of course. It's Jim's fault. But I like how we're calling him Jim. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, what is it? Nathan? Nathan Reed? Norman Reed? Reed Richards. Reed Richards. Who's? Yeah. I don't know. Dr. Norman, Richards. It's Norman Reed is. It's definitely Reed's fault. He uh, should have just killed her on the spot. Well, he shouldn't yeah. have done anything because he's a stretchy man. <laughs> As he found out the hard way. I, gosh. He's I, got a lot of weaknesses. His death was it. really bad, too. It was rough. Um, yeah, because he turned into spaghetti. And, and then his head then exploded. His head it's like, I don't even... Why did his head need to pop if, if, if everything... like he, he could, I, his, his head could have been spaghetti, too. I think they just wanted to really drive it home that he was dead. It wasn't like it wasn't like in uh, Avengers: Infinity War when they turned somebody into like paper paper spirals or like blocks. Oh yeah, and then they came back afterwards. Because when that happened in the movie, the first time I watched it, I was like, "Holy crap! He just killed them!" Right? (laughs) What a brutal (laughs) way to go! And then they were fine. Survive that. They were just fine. But in this one, (laughs) he definitely was not fine. Yeah, because I guess so. In the same way, they were both altering reality, but I guess the reality stone is more of a mirage. Yeah, uh, she was doing it for real because she was—is uh, it death walking? What was it? Uh, dream walking. Dream walking. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. So she was she was doing stuff for real. Yeah. Uh, but this—I mean, there's no way this would have happened. There's no way a movie would have something like that where you introduce a couple of awesome wanted characters. That have been like talked about and, and yeah. you know, theorized about like, oh, maybe they'll eventually bring the Fantastic Four in. You don't just do that and then murder the entire cast unless you have the flexibility offered to you by multiverses. I think they have a couple of different options based on how they've yeah handled stuff before, which, yeah, one would be. The flexibility of multiverses, so they could just bring these characters back in another universe and give them 99% of the same characteristics. Give yeah. a ponytail or something like they did. Oh, it's a new character now. Or they can <laughs> do what they did with Black Widow and have her origin stuff come out after she's already run her course in the whole thing. So they could still have the movies, but say, oh, it's before the events of Multiverse of Madness. So that's why they're alive. I mean, technically, if you think about it, they have done that because all these Fantastic Four movies and <laughs> X-Men movies, yeah. you could just say they're prequel. They don't even exist in the timeline at all. No, no. Uh, we don't no. talk about those. We don't talk about those. <laughs> but um, I, I do think that the uh, the casting, though, the casting choices were pretty cool because that's kind of a make or break. And so it's like when you're going to kill off a character, a lot of times I feel like they either pick somebody who has the name recognition for it to be like, oh, it's silly because it's them. But when they die, it's like, oh, well, I didn't expect them to be credible in that role anyway. But they chose people who would be great in the actual movies for these characters. Yeah. Like, I completely trust all of them to just kill their multiverse versions, no pun intended, of of these movies. Yeah. I. It almost feels like they went out of their way to get the best actors they could just for the... Mm-hmm. The shock value and the hype. Well, the hype, mm-hmm. and then later the shock value. <laughs> oh, man. 
super shocking. Um, but so, so like that's fun. It's cool that they did that, especially for something that like Doctor Strange is kind of a one-off movie, mm-hmm. where it's unclear how much the plot will you know matter moving forward into the rest of the Avengers movies. But do you think that? Well, I don't know what what implications. So basically, this was, I guess, the second movie. I actually haven't seen the latest Spider-Man, but this was the second movie <sighs> to like. I know. We're ending the podcast right now for you to go watch it, and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this was the second movie in the MCU to really broach the concept of the multiverse. So I guess I assume I'm pretty sure that's what happens in the previous Spider-Man movie. Technically, mm. they. Hmm. No, I'll let you finish. Okay. Technically, they mention multiverses in yeah. No Way Home or Far From Home, but mm-hmm. then they lampshaded it, and they were like, "Actually, it was a ploy by Mysterio." Um, right. Man. So that's you know that was a fun little misdirection, but then they actually did it in the next Spider-Man movie, and definitely in this movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they've been leading up to just going all in. Because even in the the Last Avengers with the uh the quantum realm is technically like a multiverse situation. Is it? A lot of the movie was spent there. Yeah. I wasn't certain. I had to look it up. I like looked up on the on the wikis because that's how they were treating it, because of that whole idea between time travel and multiversal travel and all that stuff. And so the quantum realm was how they I guess went in between. You shrink so much that reality doesn't matter or something. It's it's really strange. I can't mm-hmm. explain it. But pretty much, yeah, they're saying the quantum realm is another aspect of the multiverse. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, kind of cool. So my question to you is, do you think that now that the cat's out of the bag, uh, will the MCU rely heavily on multiverses, multiverse layered stories, blah, blah, blah in the future. And if so, do you think that's going to be better, good or bad? Hmm. I think the foreseeable future, like I kind of, I think I kind of think we're already in it. So short answer is yes. I think they're going to utilize it for the next little bit because I feel like um, Marvel kind of pigeonholed themselves in a really strange way with all the, the actors and how the people who played the roles are synonymous with those characters and how difficult it is for them to recast or have a new version of a character or anything like that. I feel like they're going to almost be forced to use multiverse to keep their characters, but reintroduce them while also phasing out the old ones. And I think until people are okay with um, these characters, you know, seeing a couple iterations of these characters, uh, they're going to have to do it this way. Just because they have to, I guess, for the, just for nothing else but a smooth transition. Because unless somebody has, like, criminal allegations <laughs> and get fired from the movie set, mm-hmm. even even then, you know, it might not be enough to say, okay, well, people still like the movies, the writing will be the same. You know, it'll be a different actor. They might change the character up a little bit, but that's okay, right, everybody? And then everybody says, no, that is not okay. 
Do you think so that uh, then we go to the multiverse? Oh, excuse me, I almost yawned. Then I, I crunched it down slowly. Uh, do you think yawns. that? Do you think that uh, DC will have to use multiverses to get rid of Ezra Miller <laughs> <laughs> and Amber Heard? No, I don't think they care enough. They just recast everybody willy nilly. It seems. Yeah. If if they think somebody will be good in a role, they're just confident enough to do it because. I, I don't know. They, they've treated, from what I've seen, every character has been distinct enough to where it doesn't seem like somebody taking over for somebody else. Like, it's almost been like a James Bond situation with new iterations of, like, Batman, for example. Like, no no two Batmen, Batmans, have felt like, oh, someone else is playing Batman just like Christian Bale's Batman, Ben Affleck's Batman. No, well, no Especially nobody's done the Adam West Batman. <laughs> sure <laughs> i mean that's fair but especially with batman like there hasn't been any other how much what am i trying to say all of the different batmen that have mm-hmm. you know, had movies in the last 20 years or whatever have existed in their own separate bubbles you know their own cinematic yeah. universes or series and they don't mix them but now that they're trying to do a Justice League, or they were, who knows what they're trying to do now, but, <laughs> you know, they're trying to have something like a cinematic universe in play. They uh-huh. can't just, they're not, I mean, they could, but so far they haven't introduced a new Batman to replace uh, the one that was introduced to us in Batman v Superman. Oh, yeah, not for th- not for those. Yeah, because right. I don't think the, um, what's his name? Twilight guy, shoot. Robert Patterson, pa- Pattinson? Yeah. I don't think, I don't think they intend to put his Batman in the Justice League. Right, exactly. I don't think they're going to put Joaquin Phoenix's Joker in the Justice League. Or, he obviously, he wouldn't be in the league, but in those movies. Let him in. <laughs> Let him in. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard. They're just kind of doing whatever they want with the characters, making up interesting stories. In a lot of ways, they're treating it similarly to how they do the animated, I guess, series and like one-offs and stuff. You think I mean, so? Mar- Marvel kind of does that. Like they've had different Spider-Man series and and different like Avengers series, like for kids. They did. And now, the, now the Avengers, all the like, Spider-Men chitty. are all canon. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a can of worms a cannon of worms so that's (laughs) that's i guess that's my question right is is that you know how how well do you think that or how much do you think that can of worms or can of spiders will like hurt people's enjoyment of the of the mcu because here's here's why i ask right Mm um i i've (laughs) i've definitely talked about this conversation this specific conversation before in a previous episode, I was talking with a friend and he was talking about how the MCU is superior to the comics because the comics have been around for decades and they're always rewriting characters, rewriting origins, you know, retelling similar stories, um, killing and then bringing back characters. And there's not one like thread of a story that you can follow, you know, whereas the MCU was this epic, you know, universe 
spanning mm-hmm. dozens of movies. And I'm like, first of all, those dozens of movies are like maybe two or three years worth of comics. Like that's not, that's not very epic or spanning compared to anyway. Um, <laughs> but that was my point, right? was that like, they, they haven't made enough movies yet to get to the point where they've run out of options where they're pigeonholed, like you said, so they don't have to rehash mm-hmm. stuff. They don't have to use time travel or multiverses or anything to like bring characters back from the dead or right. retell similar stories with different with similar but different distinct characters. Like they don't have to do that. But that was years ago and now they are doing that. And so I wonder if he well not he, but I wonder if people like him will start to feel like, oh, there's not really like a common thread anymore. Like is this my which which Batman is this? I don't know. Is it the Ban Affleck Batman? How does that react with Joaquin's uh, Joker? Mm, yeah. So I, I don't know. I uh, I wonder if they've if they've let a cat out of the bag that should not have been let out. Maybe yeah, because I think early on, like the MCU decided that it was going to be a journey of these interwoven stories versus yeah, like you were saying, like having these siloed experiences. Mm-hmm. I, from the beginning, it seemed like they've intended. Then they make it seem that way. You know, maybe, maybe they just did some really clever writing on the back end. Who knows? Sure. But it seems like from the beginning that they've always intended for things to kind of spearhead eventually. But yeah, it's unclear whether or not this is the direction they intended to go. Because on one hand, they are getting a lot of mileage now, I guess, out of using multiverse and it being able to introduce all these other characters. And they did something smart, which was, I guess, start off with the ones that would that were the most iconic or would become the most iconic, you know. And yeah. now they're diving into all these secondary characters, if you will, and being able to have these spinoff shows, you know, with Hawkeye getting his own show with Kate Bishop, who's a couple of tears down, if you will, like in in the grand scheme of things, and especially in the MC MCU, you know, we hadn't even heard that name before, and she's she's got her own show. So it shows, it shows like a lot of power, I guess, between like the way that they've handled things and the branching storylines, you know, and, and it was also, we accepted it because in the MCU, they, they made this relationship between Hawkeye and Black Widow. And now he's got a void and now another f- strong, independent female comes in and, oh, she has a bow too. So, you know, we're even more Ooh. alike. And so movie, moviegoers and show watchers are like, yeah, I'm in for it. I'll ship it, as they say. So, <laughs> I think that's I think what they mean when they say I'll ship it. <laughs> it's not at all. But I was going <laughs> to say it anyway. <laughs> I was. What's the ship version of like a father daughter scenario? Uh, Al Guardian. It. And, mm. uh, yeah. Either way, people were down for it, you know, and and so I think that they've set it up in a way people aren't expecting, I guess, necessarily for them to follow the comics, but for it to be a continuous journey and then people are myself included in this list are trapped now because I have to watch everything to know what happens next because I can't really refer to maybe they'll reference things from time, but they're not following any other storyline necessarily. So Mm -hmm. it's like the only place I can get it. And, you know, on top of being unique, it is all typically high quality and enjoyable. So win, win, win. But mostly I'm stuck. <sighs> yeah. I uh, I remember asking around, like, can I watch Doctor Strange without having watched Spider-Man No Way Home? 
people are like, yeah, it's not, it's not too related. You had to, you had to watch WandaVision. I'm like, oh, great. I already watched WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's interesting. I, I, I meant to bring it up earlier. They not only are using multiverses, but they're also using time travel, which to me yeah. are like, those are like distinct plot, plot, whatever, writing tools. Um, cause they have distinct limitations, but they're Explain. using them to get the same practical effect, which is lots of different versions, similar versions of, of a story that can be told or like used. So when did they use time travel? Um, well, they used it a lot in, in, uh, end game. They, cause not only did they. I mean, it's a little bit contrived. You could have said, oh, there's no time travel and he just doesn't, he doesn't, uh, well, no, you needed, the time travel basically took up most of the story in Endgame. Oh no, Thanos destroyed the stones. Now we have to get them from somewhere. So let's go on this like time heist. That was, that was the whole, like most of the movie. Um, oh yeah. So, but then that had, and I think that's where, where they, um, kind of threw it away by saying that that was the quantum the quantum realm isn't time travel but yeah i see what you're saying well it was i mean yeah i guess you could i guess you could say it wasn't time travel it was instead a uh it was just multiverses but they accessed them at different points on the timeline i think for all intents and purposes it might as well have been but I guess just so they didn't have to have the time travel debate and how time travel works, that they mm-hmm. put their own definition on what was happening. Because yeah, if they make something up, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's an actual thing you could do, shrink something down to where the molecules, whatever, whatever. But to use that in place of a multiverse, and then not have to deal with time travel, I think was. It seems to me like it was more of a clever writing decision <laughs> than... Perhaps, yeah. But have you seen Loki? I have seen Loki. I mean, that Loki is rife with time travel. And it's like explicitly time travel, too. Yeah, because they have all the devices, that the timekeepers and all that. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're intending to do that. And I don't know if they ever explain their technology. But, but yeah, so that is rife with both... Is it both time travel and multiverse? I think it is. Uh, I mean, if you, consider, was, uh, if you consider a branched timeline as an alternate universe. Yeah. But it, it seems to me that the multiverses that are being, uh, that are explored in Doctor Strange are not conceptually the same as branched timelines. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's just because the atmosphere like one is a sci-fi show and one is a magical movie so like oh i can only use magic to get through these different multiverses whereas i have to use technology to get through these different timelines um yeah i don't know but uh and it was it was implied in uh doctor strange that the multiverses they were going to it was at the same time yes yes it's the same they never they never translated to different points in time it was always whatever year it is in the MCU right now. Right. Yeah. It, can, it seemed like they didn't have a truck. One thing that always not bothers me, but I question in these types of things <clears throat> is that locations, whenever they multiverse travel, 
Mm-hmm. It seems to be whatever is crucial to the plot because they can travel to like a specific location when they need to sometimes. Other times they just travel and it puts them like in the same spot that they were in. Oh, right. In their universe. And then other times it just puts them in a random spot and they're like falling from the sky sometimes. And, and in Loki, super inconsistent. It was it was random spot and ran- well not random, but they could choose the spot and choose the time. It was super powerful. Yeah, very OP. Yeah, I um, it's funny you bring that up. I didn't even think about that, but that weird little distinction that you don't usually think about and that no one writes about is actually one of the main, well not main, but one of the, yeah, I guess main plot points of Half Life Two. Which is, oh. it's just, it's, you know, if you've played any of the Half-Life games, the premise is that there's other dimensions, and in the first game, you accidentally opened portals, and a bunch of alien monsters kind of fell out into our world and attacked us, and you had to, like, escape wow. the lab and all this other stuff. Uh, and then in Half-Life 2, you come back to our reality, or you you're, you kind of were in hibernation, and you wake up, you're woken up after, I think, like, 20 years or something. And in that time, uh, a huge alien, like multiversal empire from a different dimension used that kind of weakness and the fabric of reality to barge into our world, into our universe and take over. Um, And so like you wake up in a, it's kind of apocalyptic. It's like, or just, it's just very dystopian. Aliens rule everything. The whole earth was, uh, like the, all of our armies and military were defeated in seven hours. Seven um, hours, man. They call it the that, seven hour war. Yeah. That's embarrassing. Yeah. But I mean, it makes sense when you consider the just overwhelming technology and they, oh, for sure. it's like the covenant where you have one alien species that runs things and they kind of enslave other species from other dimensions as they go. Mm. And so there's just all sorts of monstrosities and technology they have at their disposal. Um, but the reason that they haven't just wiped out humanity and just taken over the planet entirely is that humans. So these, these aliens have the technology and they've had it for a long time to move between universes between, yeah, between universes, but they've never figured out interdimensional travel or intradimensional. You know what? I think it should be, I think it's intra. Basically they can't teleport. So once they're here on Earth, they have to travel the normal way. Oh, they can't okay. pick and choose where they show up. Um, I see. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. But humans have teleporting technology, and so they're keeping. Oh, wow. They're trying to. They're trying to figure out like how to use our technology, um, and that's like the one advantage we have aside from our uh, plot armor. And our indomitable human spirit is teleporting technology. <laughs> power of friendship. The power of friendship and uh, Valve's writing team. Man, that's crazy because a lot of times when you, yeah, teleportation in movies and, and TV shows, especially when it's technology based, they kind of just, you just kind of assume that, yeah, they can either teleport across a country or to another planet. Or I guess if they can, if they can do the big thing, which would be, interdimensional interuniversal whatever it is travel then the little thing like just yep. going down the street yep. is a given so that's pretty interesting that it's not yeah it was a I really cool little nugget that they put in that game Man. um so it's funny because like you meet some scientists and they're explaining like yeah we made a, a local they call it local space teleporter i think 
and they're talking about how it works. Meanwhile, if you've played Portal, which exists in the same universe, hey. you, you know that um, that this the uh, a competitor to the company that you used to work for. So all the stuff went down in Black Mesa, but then their competitors, Aperture Science, also had their independently created their own teleporter technology, which is the Portal Gun. And it's just, it exists. It's existed for, for decades and no one knows about it except like the one person alive inside Aperture Science. Wow. <laughs> and so it's just really funny that like this, this desperate struggle for survival of the species is happening over this technology. Meanwhile, in a lab underground somewhere, it's just one woman casually using this like super important, super rare technology. Man. It's great. To change, change the world. Yeah, like if she is, if she were ever to escape the lab and not have her ending retconned, um, Oof. then that would be huge. But you sound like you're a little salty about that. I'm not salty necessarily. I'm like that's fine. Uh, they in the original game, in the original Portal, she escapes the lab at the beginning um, with the portal gun. Ooh, and she's like she like passes out in a parking lot on the on the ground on the surface. Uh, but then when this at some point before the second game came out, they retconned the ending. They patched everybody's game. So now as you're passing out, uh, you hear a robot say, thank you for taking the. Oh, I don't remember. They had like a really wordy description for please curl up in a ball and let us abduct you. And it mm-hmm. basically said, thank you for let, curling up in a ball. And it just drags you back towards the hole. And then you pass uh. out. And then the second game starts with you back in the lab. Like. A hundred years later or something, but so she never escaped the portal gun did not leave the lab. And that's how you effectively set up a sequel. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Him. But speaking of the multiverse travel though, the the new character that they've introduced, I guess superhero, if you will, America in, in this movie. America Chavez. I, I saw her in one of the trailers, I don't remember, the one where uh, Doctor Strange is standing at the the door in, in the floating universe, whatever, whatever part of the trailer that was, and she was always standing next to him, kind of behind him. Yeah. And the initial thought was that that was actually Miss Marvel. Who thought that? I just saw it online, and I kind of thought it too, because it was just like some random little girl who was dressed oh, cause in of the trailers. clothes. I could see that, yeah. Yeah. And so to find out that this is a completely new character while the Miss Marvel series is going on was was kind of uh, not it was kind of misdirecting I guess I mean they never they never came out and said anything so there really was no there's nothing to latch on to yeah. to make that hypothesis but it was it was kind of interesting to be kind of not baited and switched but just to be wrong I guess flat out yeah it's kind of exciting to see a a, a new character that I don't know anything about mm-hmm. yeah I'd heard of her. Um, but I didn't know her power set or anything. I didn't know anything about her. So. I don't know if they know her powers yet. Did you notice when they were fighting the eyeball creature at the beginning? She was like climbing on the ledge on the building, trying to get away from it. And at one point, she stomps on some concrete and breaks a piece mm-hmm. off, and it falls in its eye and blinds it. But when she stomps, she uses her powers, and the concrete right. that falls is shaped like a star. Oh, I didn't notice the concrete was shaped like yeah, a star. Yeah, the cutout that she drops on it is star-shaped. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So she uses, she's like a star-shaped portals. Yeah, I'm, 
And then later when she was breaking out of the that glass enclosure, the cracks in the glass were also star shaped. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so she's got some sort of like, okay, I don't know what this means. And then it's just never explained. And it's just her power is making portals. But I'm like, how do these yeah. other two instances relate to her making portals? <laughs> right. Yeah, because it did show that he, she had like some sort of super strength. And then, yeah, all of her portals were shaped like stars too. It was, I guess it's something that you would have to research in the comics. But yeah, that, that is some. I don't, yeah, they never did bring up why she was just strong, too. I don't think she has super strength. I think that what those two instances were her using some sort of energy blast to su- supplement her punch. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah, that would make more sense, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Although it'd be cool if it was just super strength and then things happened to break into shapes of stars around her. Ooh. That'd be like a fun, <laughs> like, like some sort of reality bending ability. I guess it is a reality bending ability, but. Super strong and making crafts. <laughs> she punches a piece of paper and just a perfect star cut out. <laughs> Happy oh, Mother's beautiful. Day. Oh, wait. Dang. I didn't want star tile in the middle of the street. <laughs> that, that, that's the other thing. I just thought of her parents. Um, why did she not immediately use her newfound control of her powers to go find her mom's when uh when, <laughs> right. when she got her when she figured that out instead she's like training magic i'm like what go completely forgot about him because dr strange told her that all she had to do was believe in herself and you don't need parents for that that's true i've never needed my parents <laughs> but another interesting aspect though about her powers was that because she could travel through the multiverses there wasn't another version of her anywhere right I wonder Man, if that's... I wonder what the correlation between those two facts is. Yeah. Like does she have that power because she's the only instance of herself? Um would anyone who's maybe uh anyone whose other instances are killed and he becomes the last one, would he also gain powers like that? Ooh. That's an interesting concept. It kind of goes with the question that I had, too. Like, if there are other beings like her who could interdimensionally travel, but, you know, they don't have doppelgangers either. Hmm. Maybe maybe J. Jonah Jameson is an interdimensional travel. Because he's the same in every movie. Hmm. All the Spider-Mans, it was the same guy who hated Spider-Man. Following him between multiverses. <laughs> He's secretly the villain. Oh man! Um, oh, that'd be the best. That would be so list. great. I would. I would pay double t- double ticket price to see that movie. <laughs> Good, um, because Disney's rates have doubled. That's true. Yeah, man. Movie theaters are expensive. I just watched. So I mentioned it earlier. I actually wanted to bring this up. Um, another excellent recent movie that deals with the multiverse in fact i would say this movie is more of a multiverse of madness than dr strange was which is everything everywhere all at once um have you seen this movie no i actually wasn't even aware of it till you told me i wish it was on a streaming service though because after you told me i wanted to go see it oh my i looked gosh. at it a little bit did you see the trailer did i no i didn't Oh my gosh. First of all, you gotta watch I'm mad I didn't tell you to watch a trailer before this. 
because uh, it's too late now. I won't say anything too much about it. I will say that uh, the idea of madness via exposure to multiverses is explored so i'm like oh it's even more on the nose than uh, doctor strange itself was but dude that movie is so good and it's so weird you kind of have to go into it with a healthy suspension of disbelief because it plays a little fast and loose with the with with the mechanics and also with a healthy sense of humor because it'll go straight from like serious to kind of like campy and goofy back and forth really fast almost like sam raimi actually uh maybe an alternate version of sam raimi directed this movie (laughs) yeah like for from what i've seen i guess multiverse movies uh they they tend to have that kind of like off balance mm-hmm. sense to them. So maybe it's just a trope that just fits in well with the subject matter. Cause it, I mean, if you're traveling to all these different things, doing like this really silly hijinks, if, when you think about it, like, it'd be kind of weird, I guess, to have a serious tone the whole time Yeah, and for stuff not to just be awkward. It feels uh, those moments feel like genuine. Yeah. I think I should say it's, the tone is campy, but I, it's also surreal and like mm. absurdist sometimes, which it kind of, again, it kind of has to be if you're going to be plugging at different versions of reality over and over and over. Um, but yeah, it was great. Some of the fight scenes are just, none, none of the fight scenes, no, no, all right, let me think about what I want to say. All Got of it. the fight scenes are well choreographed, but only a okay. few of them are... I would say serious fight scenes. Most of the fighting is played for absurdity. Really? Yes. What does that mean? Um, it's hard to say without <laughs> without talking about it. Um, okay, absurdity? so absurdity. There is a a scene. Uh, there's a scene in the trailer where mm-hmm. a guy vomits up confetti. And then explodes into confetti. He vomits confetti and then explodes into he himself. Become, yes, Con- he just pops and is confetti and his clothes fall on the ground. Okay. Excuse me, what? And so this, <laughs> the, the scene that that or the, the larger scene that that scene comes from is basically showcasing the powers of the main villain. And she's basically like the mask but evil. <laughs> Jim Carrey's the mask? Uh, well, not Jim Carrey's specifically, but just the the idea of, like, imagine a character who can make anything real and just uh-huh. it's just zany wackiness. But in, in the mask, it's zany wackiness that leads to, like, all the cops doing a maramba. Right. But in this movie, it's zany wackiness where... Uh, people's heads get crushed or they get shot to death or like it's like violent it's it leads to violence um, so it's like she, R, she weaponizes she weaponizes her zaniness and i'm I like, like that's what should have happened in the mask it really i mean <laughs> maybe his like arch nemesis would be like that because <laughs> there was an evil guy who got the mask who kind of did that i think he killed somebody oh did he i don't know i don't remember i mean the most violent thing in the in jim carrey's mask is 
when he pulls out, he's doing a, a balloon animals for some thugs. And then he, uh, he like, he does like a third balloon animal and it's, it's like a Tommy gun. And then it actually becomes a Tommy gun and oh, yeah. he just lights up the whole alley. But they're basically just dancing around and dodging the bullets like, ah, you know, and it's, it's silly. It's <laughs> no one actually gets hurt. Um, but no, people definitely got hurt in that movie. Um, <laughs> There's a scene, so that's that's one aspect. There's a scene, I think it was also in the trailer, where some guy is fighting, like, kung fu, like, like over-the-top kung fu movie. Like the floating and stuff? Peop- not not the floating, but with people, like, flying from small hits and, like, uh, this and that. But he's doing it with a fanny pack. He's hitting people with the fanny pack? Yes, he's beating the tar out of people with a fanny pack. <laughs> it's like a Jackie Weapon Chan movie but worse like scary like scarier is at one point he like he like yeah. go you know you know when like somebody has a weapon on a rope or on a chain and they're wrapping it around themselves and flinging it left and right and they're like using their elbows and their knees to redirect yeah. it and you're like oh follow the birdie and then they kind of like project it at the person and it has so much force because of i don't know i don't know how it has that much force but it like fly because instead of movie. swinging it, they like throw it somehow, but it's unexpected. Uh, he does that with the fanny pack, and it, the the little the fork that goes in, you know, the cla- the fork clasp on the yeah, thing. yeah, it goes up the person's nose, and they're like, oh ah, gosh. they're like trapped. It's a fork in their nose, but they're like, trapped. And then from far away, he just flings them onto the ground. I'm like, that's stupid. There's no way. <laughs> but when you're watching it, it's awesome. <laughs> unconventional weapons unconventional just everything's unconventional um i won't say anything else because there are some things that happened in the movie that i thought were amazing that were not in the trailer at all so i don't want to spoil it for anyone else they they relate directly to the fanny pack yeah it's it's definitely a fanny pack centric movie um once the fanny pack's out of the picture you kind of forget what's going on but uh, that's a shame Justice for a fanny pack. Justice for fanny packs. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but no, that movie is incredible. I almost, I can't decide if I liked it better than Doctor Strange or not. Really? It's very different. I think, hmm. I think I can't, I think I have to say I love them both. But it's definitely not worse. It's not a worse movie than Doctor Strange. I'll say that. You love them both equally. Yeah. They're both my sons and I love them <laughs> equally. Even though I get along better with one than the other. The one with the fanny pack. Yeah, let's be honest. Obviously. <laughs> now I gotta go watch that movie. Because it already had... I looked at the actors. Mm-hmm. And I saw a couple of people that I like to see. I'm really tempted... So the kung fu part of it. I'm really tempted to just now. let you watch the trailer right now. And just get your live reaction. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do that. Okay. I'll watch it immediately after and post my thoughts. As well as the trailer in the Discord. Yeah, I mean, you're going to post in the Discord. Everyone's going to be like, where have you been? We've known about this movie. <laughs> Very true. It's still in theaters. I, being late. I mean, I, that's where we watched it. We watched it. That's what I, that's, that was the segue earlier is we paid an arm and a leg for those tickets. And it's like been in the theaters for like three months. I went and saw the last uh, Jurassic, the new Jurassic World Dominion. Oh, really? In, in theaters. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if everything everywhere, blah, 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 was playing. <laughs> Uh, when I went, the other it's day. not. It's not in. It's not in most theaters. Uh, oh, it's it, in select theaters. 
Well, no, no, no. It was, but it's been months, so I think most theaters have oh. dropped it. Well, why isn't it on a streaming service yet, then? That's what I've been relying on. Like, the pandemic has kind of... Sp- th- it's kind of spoiled me. Uh, the theater I was at was pretty empty, but one of the ones I almost we almost bought tickets for was packed. Really? It was a packed house, yeah, in the middle of the so day. It was the good one. Got to get those matinees. Well, and actually, so it might have been... Have you idea. found yourself... Have you found yourself going to the theater a lot now, now that it's back open? Um, I mean, I don't know what a lot is. No, definitely not a lot. But like, uh, I mean, I've, as much as you did before <laughs> the pandemic, um, maybe, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, because all the movies, I guess, coming directly to streaming services and having to pay an extra twenty bucks to watch it one time, or to to pay for, I guess, the extra superior subscription and stuff was getting kind of old. So I'm glad. Because I think the the whole movie experience is like, it's really cool. Yeah, it's nice. Um, I, I'm not willing to pay for the candy and popcorn and extra expensive sodas and stuff. A lot of theaters now serve food. Um, really? So they're encroaching on movie taverns territory. Well, isn't I mean that's just what movie tavern is? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Mo- movie tavern is no longer the. Has a monopoly on food in the theater. Wow. Um, there's a place near me called Studio Movie Grill. It's terrible. That's actually where we saw. <laughs> that's actually where I just watched uh, everywhere, every, everything everywhere. But uh, we did not eat the food there because twice I've been there and I've eaten the food. And twice I've been thoroughly disappointed and once even outraged. Did they poison you or was what was wrong with it? Let me tell you what was wrong with it. So the first time I went there, it tell was to watch it. uh the Demon Slayer movie. Ooh. Uh, I remember distinctly. <laughs> um I was watching the Demon Slayer movie with uh my then girlfriend and I ordered they had a they had a meal that was like popcorn shrimp and popcorn chicken together. Okay. And then I think it had fries and some like barbecue sauce. The sauce was like sense. super sweet. The popcorn chicken was tasteless and kind oh, of no. kind of chewy. The popcorn shrimp or like coconut shrimp or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't popcorn shrimp. It was coconut shrimp, but it was it was fine. It was it was it was mm-hmm. like the lowest tier breaded shrimp you can get. And for what I paid for it, I was very disappointed. Um, so you still paid the movie theater premium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. So the second time I went, I I was with a bunch of people. Uh, I f- I'm trying to remember what movie I saw. I think I I think it was Knives Out, or maybe uh, not Death on the Nile or something. I, I don't know. Knives it was out. it was with a group of people. That's that's what I remember distinctly. And I ordered a meal. I forget what the meal was. And I ordered a. Huge milkshake. No, no, no. A Sunday. It was a huge Sunday. Oh. Um, I didn't realize it was a huge Sunday, but it definitely was for two. So what happened is um, I made the order. They're like, well, do you want the Sunday now? Like with the food? I'm like, no. If you can bring it out like a little later, that'd be fantastic. And they're like, of course, no problem. Um, they never brought the food. Oh, snap. So I'm starving. Later. This was my meal for like for like dinner. They never brought Dang. the food. Eventually, I'm like, hey, um, can I get my food? And then can you also just bring the Sunday? Because it's like getting closer to the end of the movie. And they're like, right. oh, we're so sorry, of course. 
So they bring the Sunday. Of course. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't eaten any food and I have a massive Sunday in front of me. <laughs> uh, so did you cancel the food? Were you- yeah. So I, I realized it was a Sunday for two. I ate half of it. I gave the other half to my friend because I'm like, I, I don't want to eat this whole thing for dinner. Like, that's insane. And I canceled it and they, they refunded. I think they refunded me. I'm sure they did. I would have, I would have raised Kane if they didn't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like nibbling on my friend's food. Uh, and then I went home Man. and had some like hot pockets or something because I was starving. Oh, I'm like, I had to have something other than night. brownies and ice cream for dinner, please. <laughs> so that was my movie experience. That's why you should leave it to Movie Tavern. Yes, I'm going to go back to Louisiana just to go to Movie Tavern. I had a Movie Tavern experience. I don't I don't remember what movie I was there to see, but it's it convinced me never to go back because like just the I guess the idea of being in a theater but also having like waiters didn't seem like it was a really good mix because mm-hmm. if you try and look at the screen you know, yeah, and you have someone crouching in front of you. Or even worse, yeah. crouching in front of the person next to you, but they're still in your way. Right. And not only just are they walking back and forth, they're also talking. Like people are giving their order yeah. or berating the waitress for some reason. You know, she didn't bring she brought a Sunday and not the food. You know, so we have to deal with all that. <laughs> yeah. But what what happened to me though was and it, it solidified the fear I had of somebody just coming up to me over and over again is before the movie started, we got there early. They were like, okay, you know, we got there early so we could place our orders and all that so that the food would just come out and we wouldn't have to talk to anybody. It's a good and idea, so, sure. But everything was like severely delayed. The, it wasn't that it wasn't that full in there, but I don't know how those things run. I feel like they'd be very inefficient all the time, but this was just one particular experience. I think I've only been to the movie tower maybe twice. And the second time I went, I didn't order anything because of this. But um, so we ordered our drinks first or pretty much everything. And so sitting there waiting for my drink and it was like these lemonades or something, some sort of flavored drinks. It might have been Icy's. And so they bring me one and the lights are still on. I'm like, this is the wrong one. And my wife was sitting next to me. She's like, oh, I ordered one of those. So I handed it to her. And then a couple minutes later, the movie started or previews or whatever. They come back to me and they bring me the same flavor Icy. And I said, no, I didn't order this one. And like, oh, you can keep it anyway. That's fine. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just drink it. Don't worry about it. And they came to me probably two more times. Third time, <laughs> I will say, at least they gave me the right drink. But they kept bringing me more drinks. <laughs> and I only ordered one. I had four drinks brought to me this night. Oh, my gosh. And I don't, I don't even remember if I, if I order any food, if I ever got any food. But that's, I, that's what I distinctly remember is my fears being confirmed because people just kept bringing me drinks. I just wanted the one drink that I ordered the first time, mm-hmm. so I didn't order anything else. We went to we went to Dollar Tree before before the very next good, time yeah, and brought our own snacks. So I mean, there is I think there is something to be said for the experience of being able to eat a full meal during the movie instead of I mean, if you sneak in snacks or ooh, if you buy snacks, excuse me, uh, <laughs> yeah, nobody does that. If you but if you sneak in like snacks, like that's fine. That's fine, especially candy. Like, who cares? Uh, but you like, have to eat before or after. But if you eat the meal in the in the theater, it's like a whole different experience. I enjoy that. It's just not worth the money and the terrible food. Now, I do like having a meal while watching a movie. Yeah, who doesn't? 
Um, well, it depends on the meal, I guess. Some of the meals, I have to wonder, like, who who okayed this this menu? Because I have to, like, look at my plate. I'm trying to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. I, nachos uh, are so good. I will say drinks in the theater makes no sense to me. But if they're alcoholic drinks, I'm down for that. Because I'm not willing to, like, try to sneak alcohol into a theater. I'll sneak anything else. Um, one time I snuck a burrito into a theater. Hey, uh, a five-layer burrito? No, it was like from Moe's. Oh. <laughs> it was a huge burrito, yeah. I don't know how I got yeah. it in. Yeah, I brought Taco Bell into a theater before. Ooh, Taco Bell, actually, it sounds like a really great theater idea. It is, because, I mean, everything's individually wrapped, and then they give you the inconspicuous brown bag, which you can kind of fold up really neatly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my wife had, she had a, enormous purse specifically oh, yeah. for movie Perfect. outings like she could carry snacks for like 16 people Perfect. and uh yeah it worked out phenomenally every single time but man we had the whole theater smelling like the the neighborhood because mm. all the nearby places we brought food in there from that's incredible um so all right i've talked about one of my favorite multiverse movies do you have anything you want to add what's your favorite multiverse movie yeah so I'll have to say, and maybe it's a typical pick these days, but I went and checked just to make sure I wasn't forgetting one. But still, right now, my favorite multiverse movie will have to be Back to the Future. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> now somebody's going to argue, well, oh, is that quantum? Yeah, whatever. That's not, that's time travel because they saw the same. Never mind. I'm not going to get into it because I don't know what I'm talking about. So my favorite multiverse movie was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, that's really good. Yes, sir. And I think it kind of put like the whole multiverse idea on the map in a really positive light yeah. because of how they handled the Spider-Folks. And uh, Miles Morales is a, a super likable Spider-Man. Yeah. And then, you know... They killed Spider-Man at the beginning, which always makes a movie better when you, you kill someone, the main character. Or I guess not the main character, but the the, the biggest superhero. And then the, you root for the underdog even more so because they experienced that big loss. But anyway, that's the rest of the movie. The multiverse aspect of it, though, was really cool because I think they handled all the different spider all the spiders very yeah. tastefully, tactfully, and it wasn't like overplayed. You know, they all had their tropes. Like I get, you know, you're gonna get that, but it was still like a really fun way that they handled it. Really, overall, just a, a beautiful movie. Oh, it's so incredible it soundtrack. So Sounds I, so good. I, I can't say anything bad about it, to be honest. I Other think- than that, it, that it hadn't had a sequel yet. <laughs> I would say this is one of the only Sony movies I've ever thought of. That thought. Hmm. One of the only movies by Sony. Maybe this is a smaller pool that I'm thinking. But the one of the only movies by Sony that I would put up against like Pixar's best movies. Mm. And it's not even That'd be an interesting thing to anime. dive into. Yeah. What's another Sony movie? An, an animated even, movie? Yeah, I can't even think of one right I can't now. Even, I can't either. Um... I feel like Sony is such an under, uh, not underrated, but like under, 
advertised movie producer. Like I never think, oh, oh, what's a good Sony movie? So maybe they're a part of more movies than we realize. I think they. I mean, I'm sure they are. I just can't. Yeah, the, that's the issue is I can't. I can't think of them right now. The other publishers' names are more prevalent, memorable. Yeah, because they. I mean, yeah, it would make sense that they have their hands in other movies that we like, animated ones included. Yeah, I can't think of any of them. I mean, it's easily the best. 2D, yeah. 2D style. I know it's not technically 2D, but like the style is kind of 2D. Yeah, it's like even though it's all done in 3D, right. you could pretty much consider it like a mixed media movie. It's just so good. All the different techniques and stuff. Oh yeah. I think it's my it's my favorite Spider-Man movie. Um one of my favorite animated movies. Mhm. One of my favorite Marvel movies. Mhm. Um and you're right. One of my favorite multiverse movies. That's a good point. Good call out. Yeah. Certainly my my it's at the top of my list. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the sequel, I, f- I forget what it's called. Is it Lost in the Spider-Verse or something? It's supposed to come out pretty soon. Oh, word. There's a sequel? I Yeah. I wonder if it's going to be good. I want to say I I hope so. I mean, they set they set the bar unrealistically high for anything they're going to do next. But, I mean, before this movie, there wasn't really anything that could stand next to it as far as what it did. So, they might, if they, I guess if they just make the same movie but a little bit better, that'd be enough. Just <laughs> <laughs> marginally better. Bring, bring Fisk back. Oh, my gosh. I wasn't dead, Spider-Man. I'm about it. He was one of my favorite characters, too. That dude was legit shaped like a box. Yeah, the the his design really bothered me the first time I saw it. <laughs> I'm like, why is it this, just still bother why you? Why does this man look like a refrigerator? Like, what is going on? <laughs> he does. How can he punch <laughs> as strong as Spider Man? This man got Microsoft written on his back. Oh, right <laughs> <laughs> this, you hear him in the middle of the night. Oh, that's just the ice maker. <laughs> uh that's great. But yeah, like I want to know what his bone structure looks like because nothing about him made any sense. How can he even stand up? Yeah. He's like Frankenstein's monster. He uh did they not So I know that they sometimes animate like the skeletons and characters. Did they not do that in that movie? I don't think so. I think he gets like the 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 special move where Miles puts his hand and he's like, "Oh yeah." Hey. I think he did that to him. But I don't think it was close enough to see his skeleton. I don't remember. I feel like I would have remembered seeing his skeleton because I'm very interested in seeing his skeleton. You know what? They usually only do that. Well, I think they did. I think they did show a skeleton. But it isn't one of those scenes where like you stand in place and get shocked and like, oh, like it just blows him back immediately. So if they showed it, it wouldn't have been for very long. You have to go frame by frame and maybe see it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't really feel like doing that. Maybe somebody else did it and I can just Google it. There's a whole website. WilsonFiskSkeleton.com <laughs> <laughs> I care this much. <laughs> that doctor doing a report. If you look here at his spinal column. Dude, I saw a picture online. Somebody did a tattoo where uh, they did a, like a, it was a tattoo. It was a sleeve. So it was on the arm. And the te- the tattoo was supposed to make the arm look like a skeleton's arm. 
but they did not use the like an anatomical skeleton. <laughs> so oh, instead no. of like the the what is it the ulna and the femur or I don't know my bones, man. What the radius and the ulna? That's what it the, is. The radius and the ulna or the and ulna. the forearm. Yes, instead of like you know, instead of having two bones connected to like a wrist, uh, yeah, and then connected to like the elbow joint, it was like a spine. So like imagine imagine I'm standing in front of you and I hold my arm out towards you. So the top of my forearm is facing you. All yeah. Right? So imagine a spine going down my arm. So a bunch of small vertebrae, bro. A, a bunch of vertebrae, and then ribs. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Ribs. <laughs> you coming no, off you of the vertebrae and wrapping around the bottom of the arm, <laughs> like I have little lungs you- in my arm. <laughs> <laughs> can't do that it looks really cool but then you think about it for more than a second and you're like wait what like my boy would have the floppiest forearm the floppy well it'd be floppy in like one dimension but you're well oh true you're like rigid in another yeah you, yeah vertebrae only been one to right one well they've been lots of ways but they are yeah, limited but yeah it wouldn't be it wouldn't be natural yeah Super weird. It was. It's a cool looking tattoo, but I wonder. I wonder if it was done with like the understanding, like this is this is wrong, but it still looks cool, <laughs> so we're gonna go for it. I did. They just do the bones, or did they put like muscle into it too? In the. Do you remember? Uh, no, it was just it was so it was a white guy, and it was black ink, and then I don't remember if they used white ink for the bones. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it was just his his skin, uh, but yeah, it was it was just black ink for the negative space. Basically, oh. basically, like you would see if someone's wearing a skeleton costume. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see. But it actually has to wrap around. I don't know. Um, yeah, they didn't do the sinews and muscles and stuff. It does sound like it would look really cool, though. I can't lie. Yeah. I'll find it. I'll, I'll send you a picture. Because you think like van braces have those different riv- rivets on them that kind of look like vertebrae. So. Wait, what? It probably looks van braces, like uh, wrist guards. Uh, have, they have rivets on them. With like, rivets? I don't think I know what you're talking about. Or like layers. They're, they're layered. Layered. Layer, layered leather. Uh-huh. So they're kind of. Yeah. And so. I mean, it's a style. So not all of them do. Sure. But yeah, just to kind of like guard against swords and stuff. They'll have they won't be a solid piece all yeah. the time. Oh, uh, to keep it flexible. Yeah, that too. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, probably probably pretty cool. Mm. There's a multiverse though. And then this is a game that I want to talk about. And I know you haven't played it recently, but I just gotta put it out there that as far as multiverses are concerned, I think Fortnite has the most crossover as far as universes than any other like centralized IP. Well, I mean, does Fortnite really acknowledge all of the source material or does it just pull a character in with no context and say, look, a skin? It varies. Um, So right now, the whole season is about uh, these the IO forces, which is, I guess, a um, Fortnite universe people, like kind of army. Okay. Uh, 
futuristic army and the invasion of Darth Vader and stormtroopers and how they're like going at some sort of war with and then Dwayne the Rock Johnson is also part of the IO forces. He's like a leader or something. But at least the Star Wars part of it, which they've been integrating more and more, is integrated into the season. And Marvel was last season, where they put the Daily Bugle was an act, was a location on the map. And so like they're acknowledging that these universes are colliding in a similar way that it seems like um, some of the uh, Mortal Kombat storylines mm-hmm. kind of have, where they like they pull story, uh, the characters from different places and try to explain it. Oh, the one that really did it was um, uh, Injustice, when oh. ex- ex- explaining why the superheroes were there. You know, it, they're handling it similar to that, where it's like they're acknowledging it for story purposes enough for the for it to make sense in the game, but I think to me. I don't know if you're if you're making like a long form game or if it's secondary. I get it why you wouldn't put too much into it, but for me, the, the fact that they're even putting any effort into it, I think, does acknowledge that it's beyond just skins, for most of them, and that's not the case for all of them. A lot of them are just brand deals. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So okay, I didn't realize that Fortnite had like running lore. Although I guess it's kind of developed it more over the years, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it did at first. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the the running lore is relatively new. I mean, Fortnite isn't that old of a game to begin with, but I think yeah, the lore is relatively new because they just added NPCs a couple of seasons ago, and that's where really I guess the storylines really took off. Is now you can meet these skins in game and find out stuff. It's crazy deep. So I feel like from now on, from here on, it'll probably be more, um, spec- not specified, but intentional integrations with these IPs. Because even even the Naruto stuff that they've been introducing lately has been kind of interwoven into the into the stuff. Is Naruto it's, also it's, in Fortnite? Naruto is in Fortnite. They actually uh, just released uh, Itachi and Orochimaru, Gaara, and... Uh, uh, I'm blanking on her name, but um, it doesn't matter. Anyway, more, <laughs> more, <laughs> more characters than just it was just Naruto and Kakashi, and Sasuke and uh, Sakura at first, but yeah, they're adding to the band, and then the a bunch of characters from Street Fighter are in here now. It's it's insane. I have no idea wow. where it's headed. Yeah, Master Chief's in there. Like I said, Spider-Man was a big deal last season. So um, the Prowler also in there. Doctor Strange uh, was a part of... No, that was actually last season. Spider-Man was two seasons ago. Yeah, last season was Doctor Strange. Wow. Could he... uh, Did he have like shields? Well, I guess they could have just said the shields are magic shields. (laughs) Yeah. So he's got like his... uh, He does... He's got like magic emotes and his glider is one of those shield things but that's one of the things that's i guess kind of interesting about fortnite is that these characters get transported into it uh-huh. uh but they don't really um retain like their skills and stuff that they had in those other universes it just adds to the uh the weapon pool of fortnite so for example like darth vader as a skin he doesn't start off with a lightsaber but you can get one on the map right 
But everyone and you don't can have get to one be exactly. You don't have to be Darth Vader to get one. So cool. Yeah. It, so there's a lot of crossover in that too because you can you can have like the Spider Man harvesting tool, which is like his base weapon, but be playing in the Superman skin and break all known laws of aviation. Because <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> You it's can, wild. You can fly as Superman, but also web sling as Spider Man. Exactly. Yeah, because they had the uh, what do you call them? The web shooters. That was one season. Yeah. And man, <clears throat> people were kind of joking about it, but legitimately, the web swinging in Fortnite was probably one. It was one of the best incarnations of Spider Man's web swinging in a video game, hands down. Wow. Yeah. I appreciate it's that. Cool. It shows that they care. Mm-hmm. They do. They want that money. Mm. I don't blame him. But that was pretty much the last thing that I <laughs> wanted to mention about multiverses. Cause I'm trying to think of other things I've seen with multiverses. Um, it's it's pretty prevalent in in video games. Like uh, you think of like games like we talk about multiverses, but Smash Bros, PlayStation All Stars. I guess a lot of like those crossover fighters are technically multiverse games. I mean, sure, but they're not. I'm talking about like writing, you know, like mm, writing a story. Yeah, Smash Bros. barely has a story. Barely. It's more of it's like a you metaphor. Got the, you got the subspace emissary. Yeah, the subspace emissary is cool. Um, That's got all the story you need. But interestingly, in the sub in the world of the subspace emissary, all these different characters live in like the realm of Smash Bros. They don't. Come from yeah. other universes. That's true. So yeah, they don't explain why Snake is there. Yeah, he's just on the ship. I guess in, Taboo in came box. from another universe. Oh yeah, the big bad is. Wait, was he the reason why they were all together in the first place? Uh, no, they were. Well, they weren't all together, but they were in the same, like, space. On the same planet? On the same, yeah, the same realm. Yeah, realm. That's a better way to say it. Uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah, because I guess Star Fox may have been on a different planet. It kind of felt like they just stayed within their own like their own little areas, but there wasn't like stopping them from crossing between areas. Yeah. I don't know. Probably light licensing and stuff. <laughs> Martha's like, why can't I go to this Mushroom Kingdom? That's like a giant sign in the way. You are not allowed. You are not allowed. Yeah. You like your kind. One of my favorite movies, The Fountain, is, I would say, barely a sci-fi movie. But technically, it has like three different versions of the same two characters that are like, inter- their stories are like interwoven. Mm-hmm. And you don't really think of it as multiverses, but I guess they kind of are. Yeah. I I heard of this movie. Now I'm going to question, I guess, every time travel movie uh-huh. in comparison to like multiverse movies. But uh, I hadn't actually seen this movie, but I'm going to mention it in case you have. But Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> I have not seen it. Sorry. Yeah. But we can't. I guess. I guess I can mention then. I I joked about it earlier, but the Back to the Future movies. <laughs> yeah. Like, what if those were multiverse? They were traveling multiverse. They were doing multiverse travel. 
instead of time travel, but they didn't know the difference. Like, would would it make a difference? I think it does, and the reason is because of the specific limitations involved with both. And I mentioned that earlier. Uh, so, in a time travel movie, especially in Back to the Future, and hilariously enough, they even mentioned this explicitly in Avengers Endgame. But in Back to the Future, you can affect your own present by messing with the past. Oh, okay. The, the yeah. butterfly effect or something? Uh, sure. But just, just cause and effect. You know, like if you yeah. if you kill somebody in the past, they won't exist in your present. Um, your present. Yeah. And the way they got around that and what made time travel more like multiverses in the Marvel movies, or in, at least in Endgame, was that they basically said, oh, well everything's split so if you do something in the past that won't affect your present um mm. so that made it seem more like oh it's just another timeline entirely or another universe but okay. it's definitely like explicitly the same timeline in uh back to the future right yeah because everything had like they the whole point was to go back and change the future so yeah all right makes sense yeah. so i guess that's the that's the tie-in then if you want to know the distinction I mean, time travel, multiverse travel, is if you go back, you gotta, everything's gotta be connected. You can't go back and change something just to like bring something to your right. future. And then there's repercussions to going back yeah. <laughs> if you're time traveling. Have you Not seen, so much if you're multiverse. Have you seen Steins Gate in the anime? No. Oh man. Uh, I had always heard a lot about, or I had, I had heard about it in like the periphery, like, oh, this is a really good anime. It's a mm. time travel anime. That starts off like kind of kooky and fun, but then actually it gets really interesting and like really, uh, uh, I don't want to say epic because the stakes aren't like super duper high, but they, right. but it's, it's pretty emotional at points. Um, but yeah, it, it deals with time travel and it deals with it in a very, I would say in a pretty consistent way. So it's very satisfying for me. Uh, oh, Steins Gate, definitely watch it. Steins Gate. Yeah. It's an older anime too, so you'll appreciate uh, the writing because you I know like that it's like anime. OG time travel stuff. I like the style of most old school anime. Yeah. Like before stuff got. I mean, I love how pretty stuff is, but there's just something so charming about the gritty, the grittiness of the old anime. Because a lot of anime now, they try to even recreate the style just because it is so iconic. The cells moving around and stuff. Mm. It's so good. It was bad back then. Like I'm pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty sure people got fired. It was garbage stages, back then. <laughs> this looks like trash. Yeah. But today we appreciate. <laughs> so I've got a question for you, Steve. Very well. If if given the choice between interdimensional multiverse travel. Or time travel, which would you choose? Ooh, um, do I have? Uh, I mean, I guess you can pick. Like, if there's a reason why you would want to do either, that could be enough. So I think I think my preference would be multiverse travel for two reasons. One, mm-hmm. I would be terrified of messing up my original timeline if it's time travel. Um, That's a fair point. And, you know, it, it's you, you can't really come back from that. Maybe you can. I don't know. 
That's like half the that's like the plot of half of every time travel story is oh no, I messed mm-hmm. it up. How do I fix it? Um But yeah, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want that stress. Uh <laughs> the other thing the other reason is I think that I assume that if I go multiverse that I'm stuck in my this year. Like I can't go to any point in the multiverse. Um yeah, that that's a fair. But I'll I'll, I'll assume I have free reign over space in either for either choice. Mm-hmm. So I can go to Italy in the other dimension, or I can go to Italy in the past. Um. Yeah, I think the other I think multiverses time travel would be really cool, but there's only like a few specific things I would want to do. Like I would want to meet Jesus. I would want hey. to, uh, see specific events, but that's it. I wouldn't. Well, I'd probably want to see the future too. Um, but with the multiverse, I feel like you just have this infinite space to explore. Like, especially if the multiverse, the different universes are like radically different from ours. Like, how much how uh-huh. cool would that be to be able to see? As long as I can easily get back to my universe and I don't get lost. Mm. Yeah. Like America, poor America. Um, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I mean, she can get back now, but she doesn't care. So yeah, she doesn't okay. want it. Her entire reason for for the conflict <laughs> is gone. Right. Yeah. Forget about it. Forget about it. Um, but yeah, that that's my reason because I want I want to go to the paint universe in Doctor Strange. Right. Ooh, you want to be a paint blob? Yeah. It looked painful. Yeah, maybe not for too long. I just want to see. So just blip in and blip out. Uh huh. You know it, uh, what is it? Um. Rick and Morty uh, explores multiverse travel a lot. They actually specifically avoid time travel for the most part. Um, And so they they play a lot of ideas. They they play a lot with ideas of like what wacky, zany uh, other dimensions there might be, parallel worlds. Um, And so. Yeah, I've seen like the. That's what the, the green portal is, right? Yeah. And so. Yeah, I've seen that a lot, referenced in a lot of places. Yeah, other other media and stuff too, like not just T-shirts and stuff. So yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Rick and Morty route. I would avoid time travel and go with multiverse travel instead. So a multiverse gun is that is that what he uses? Yeah, it's a portal gun. Portal gun, which to be clear has both the power of human teleporting, where he can go between between spaces in our world. And combine multiverse teleporting, where he can go to other multiverses. So he has the best. He has he has both technologies at his disposal. You get the best, but not time travel. It doesn't do time travel. I think I think he has the technology, or he knows how to do it. But the portal gun does not do time travel. Yeah, I'd imagine Rick does have the capacity. Of course, yeah. But he's <laughs> he like he he as a person as a character, he's like no time travel sucks. <laughs> so yeah. they don't talk they don't do it very often if at all i think in most ways i'd agree with you um because the first thing i think of in both of them is like what happens if i die and uh different ways i could die like in time travel you know it seems like you usually go back to the space the place that you were when you traveled so like for me, watching movies and stuff, I think it's always really convenient that nobody teleports to a place where 
it, it used to be submerged in water or there used to be a tower there or there's just a beam or, coming up. Or the, uh, the gr- ground level has changed and you teleport underground. Right, and- either underground or well above ground and you fall and break your legs. You know, either of those scenarios are terrible. It's always just perfectly standing somewhere. So if that's the scenario, I think time travel is a little bit better um, in, in, in reference to itself if you don't time travel and then okay. die immediately. And then another thing about dying from time travel, you know, uh-huh. is like the the loop. Like if you're older, you, right, and you can time you try you travel back in time to the past. Maybe you don't interact with your past self, but maybe you're reckless or something. You go too far back, whatever, and then you die in the past. Mm-hmm. Then I think you make a loop for yours for yourself because you were born and you lived up to the point to where you discovered time travel and went back, and then you disappear, right. So it's like either you, but but does it change? Like since since you changed your future, and this is why I don't like time travel because it's like no, is so the f- past you you went to destined to do what you just did in their future? I see. Um, I mean, I guess which like it, de- it, de- matters, it depends but. on it depends on what rules you're using for time travel. I guess I should have asked that question. Is are we mm. going with like a splitting timeline or are we going with uh, a consistent timeline where like if you make changes, no, there's no splits, nothing, nothing, there's not like multiple timelines, but the changes propagate or are we going with like a self-consistent timeline where things, uh, uh, no matter, there's no splits, but nothing propagates because everything was always going to happen. Oh, those are so like the three in, main yeah. thoughts. So definitely not the last one, because that implies that you going back and dying in the past already was meant to happen. So nothing changes. Yeah. Um, so I guess my question was more aligned with the first one. But I think it also kind of answers itself, because, <laughs> I mean, you died in the past, but your future doesn't know. So it doesn't, doesn't it still doesn't change anything. Yeah. Doesn't, I think the yeah. last one where everything's self-consistent is the safest uh, mm-hmm. time travel. And then the one where things branch is the most dangerous in terms of getting lost and like changing your future. Uh, yeah. 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 Getting lost in the timelines basically. And then the one where everything propagates and there's no splitting is the most dangerous because you can just straight up erase yourself. Right. On, on accident. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably do that. You know, what's crazy though is erasing yourself is a concern obviously, but if you erase yourself, then that's because you've changed the future so that you, you've you changed your present by messing with the past. But by changing mm-hmm. your present, you stop yourself from messing with the past. So now it's an inconsistent. It's not right. So like now you've created a paradox and who knows what happens yeah. then. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, no, no thanks. Don't want to deal with paradoxes either. Yeah. Oof. So that's the one that has paradoxes, uh, so it's not ideal. And then, so for multiverse travel, I think the similar similar issue to the first thing, you know, you travel to the same point in time and just and in a different... And Yeah, time and space. And so if there's something there and you try to contain, the, you try to fill the same space, obviously you're not going to have a good time. Yeah. Multi multi time. I would even um, say it's well, never mind. Yeah, go ahead. And so that along with your paint 
world example, I would imagine that there are multiverses where the version of us is able to withstand whatever the conditions are there. So if you oh. go to a place that's like extremely hot. You die, but the multiverse yeah. child doesn't die because he's used to it. Exactly. That's true. So that's I just a died point. in their universe. Or under like an Atlantis type thing. So you're yeah. immediately just teleport into underwater. Yeah, I guess I was relying on plot armor, but we're not talking about a story <laughs> where nothing bad happens. Right. Yeah, probably most multi most other universes would be inhospitable or instantly lethal. And they kind of alluded to that in Doctor Strange, yeah, but it was of. it was super subtle because they had different customs there, so there was a chance that also it was in, inhospitable for the long term for them because they didn't stay till like nighttime to see what would happen, mm-hmm. you know. And there was still there wasn't anything that said that everyone who was there was even human. So yeah, yeah, a lot of questions for the multiverse thing. If I had to choose, though, I would think in some capacity I'd have control, hopefully, over which universe I traveled to. Sure. And and so I could make sure that most of the conditions that would keep me alive were met. Wherein, I feel like time travel is just, uh, it's very unwieldy. Like, there's so much room for error. And then even yeah. in the hijinks movies, they usually, like you said, they usually have to go back and fix whatever they did. <laughs> and yeah, that doesn't sound like a good time. And unless you have plot armor, there's a chance you won't fix it the second time. And you'll be kind of like almost in a Groundhog Day situation too, where you have to go back and live the past over and over again to try to fix your future Ooh, or something. That's not fun. No, not about it. Not about it. Hard pass. Um, I choose the present then. You know what you just reminded me of? Uh, there is a series of young adult books called mm. the Pendragon Saga or something. Um, and the premise is that this boy becomes part of a interdimensional organization whose, whose goal is to keep the dimensions stable and like, you know, isolated from each other as much as possible. And they're fighting okay. against uh, a, either a person or a group of people, I forget, who are trying to do the opposite. They're trying to mix the different dimensions together as much as possible and cause chaos. And there's this idea that like, that, like the more the dimensions, the more things move between dimensions and like elements and people and technologies, mm-hmm. the more unstable the, the walls of reality become and they start to encroach on each other. Kind of like what happened in Doctor Strange. Um, and so uh, that's, that's, the, oh, that's the goal is to avoid that happening. Um, and the first couple books basically just revolves around the kid, you know, being sent to whatever dimension and for whatever reason and trying to solve some problems there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they were all like normal. I think one was like a water world where the water was breathable or something. Um, One was like, there was crazy technology where people just lived in the matrix pretty much. Um, uh, But one of them was earth's past. It was just earth, but 40 years in the past. What? Or some, some number, some amount of years in the past. And so that story was insane because they go, they follow the bad guy there. Um, 
and they foil his plan or they try to foil his plan. Or maybe, uh, I don't know. Basically, for whatever reason, they stop the Hindenburg explosion from happening. Oh, snap. And then they go back to the present and it's all jacked up. And they go to the future and it's all jacked up. There's also a future Earth. Uh, so there's three Earths in this timeline, this whatever oh. multiverse area. Uh, and they realize that when they stop the Hindenburg from exploding, they change the core. There was like a scientist in Germany, or a German scientist who survived, who, who shouldn't have survived. And he like creates right. atomic warfare and then like all this stuff happens and goes bad. Oh, and wow. so the, the, they have to go back and blow up the Hindenburg themselves. Oh. Um, and it was this huge, like, you know, obviously a huge moral dilemma. But, right. But yeah, I mean, that was a, it's a situation where you have multiverses and time travel. Um, it's pretty intense. It does sound intense. So this group that wanted to do, to add the chaos, did they have kind of like a backhandedly positive reason for doing it? I don't remember. Oh. Yeah. I don't, I don't even, I don't even think I read the entire series. Um, it sounds like it'd be a bad time for everybody. I don't understand that plot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's always a villain who's just crazy. You know how it is. That's true. It's also like, a, it's like I said, it's a young adult book. So. Oh yeah. Harry Potter, Voldemort syndrome. You just kind of make a villain and go with it. Villain for the sake of antagonist. Yeah. Villainy for villainy. I guess you got to do it. Then you know who to root for. <laughs> Speaking of like a, a place, you mentioned it. You said there was a, a universe where you could breathe underwater. Even if I could breathe underwater, I don't want to go down there like in oceans and stuff. Yeah. Like, I think it'd be interesting for other people who are on, on that tip, bring a gun down there or whatever. Now they can breathe. But I'm still not going to go. Oh, I would love it. it. I love swimming. Uh Swimming is as close as I get to flying, so I do it as much as I can. I would, yeah, I'd swim in like pools and stuff, but I wouldn't go to the bottom of the ocean. I mean, I guess the the pressure would still be an issue anyway. Yeah, I suppose breathe, it would. Well, but. not necessarily. Pressure is, I guess, it depends on what the mechanism is that lets me breathe underwater. But pressure mm. only really, uh, I don't know. I guess fish can't just. I think that pressure is only an issue in our world. A, if you're breathing air is the biggest problem. But even if you're not breathing air, the maybe the mix of oxygen and nitrogen that like are dissolved in your blood changes as you go lower. And depending on your body chemistry, you might you might have to like avoid that. So like surface level uh, fish can't swim deep because they would have issues. But yeah. if you're assuming that a human can breathe underwater, then I think you can also assume that that's not a problem. It would, it would alleviate yeah. that pressure. Like the physical pressure isn't a problem if you're breathing water because everything is operating at the same pressure inside and out. You're equalized. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I was still thinking about here in my, my gillless body's mind. Mm -hmm. You're thinking like Limited. a landlubber. That's my bad. That's on me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have my sea legs yet. You don't have your sea brain. Well... Uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I feel like it's getting towards time. I'm surprised we were able to converse this long. We, we had a lot to talk about. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of universes out there, a lot of things to cover. Yeah. So. Nah, I'm, I'm good. Uh, I don't have anything else. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm all talked out. I'm also starving, so I'm like, I'm ready to go. Um, <laughs> it's just one of those days I'm like, oh, man, I want to keep talking, but I also want to uh, get down on some grub. Yeah, go to a movie tavern. Yes, and... go to the studio movie grill, <laughs> get some popcorn and a co- coconut shrimp and popcorn chicken or something. And some super sweet barbecue sauce. That's what the doctor ordered. You can order that, but they're just going to bring you a Sunday. So it hardly matters. <laughs> I should it probably doesn't matter what you go there for. Because I don't want that Sunday <laughs> on an empty tummy. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I just want to thank all our listeners. Um, thanks for coming through, listening to us chat and go on about multiverses. I think it's pretty interesting. I think most people are into multiverses and stuff. I'm honestly surprised this hasn't come up before on uh, on our podcast. But um, it was only a matter of time. It was only a matter of time. Kyle, I want to thank you for your time. A pleasure as always. Yes, it was a pleasure. Uh, Bradson, I want to thank you for uh, you not being here. Um, yes, thanks so much for your absence. Thank you for your absence. I did miss you a little bit, but this let me finally have some quality time with Kyle that I've been missing. QT time. That's right. As they say. And uh, if you're not me or Kyle or Brad, a.k.a. if you're a listener, uh, this is our podcast. You know, Feel free to find us on anywhere that you get podcasts. That's not true. It's only most places that you get podcasts. Most places. I know a few places where we are not. But uh, we are on Spotify. We are on SoundCloud. We're on YouTube, which is my favorite podcast place. We are on uh, Stitcher and Apple Podcasts, and probably a few others. Uh, links in the description. <laughs> Say again? <laughs> We're on Facebook. We're on Facebook now. That's right. We have a page you can follow. Uh, basically, we just repost these episodes, and uh, we make mean jokes about people. That's not true. <laughs> we don't do that. You can find us on Twitter at VSAB. That is at VSAB. The ad is not part of the name. It's just the, uh, the ad symbol. You know how it is. And... Uh, I think that's it. Any other platform stuff that I'm missing, Kyle? I think you covered it. I all. think I covered it. Check us out in the Discord if you're in there. Yeah, come through on Discord. Tell me how much I smell. And uh, yeah, that'll be it. So have a good night, everybody. Until next time. Peace. Bring me pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs>